Mamoru is doing the right the boyfriend thing, where he's very, he's very, he's being trying to be very reassuring that that mm-hmm. Usagi is not being um, clingy. However, he does say, "I never hated you," which is objectively yes. false. Yes, objectively false. We've seen. <laughs> which is objectively one false. Of the show, they are full enemies. <laughs> they do not like each other. <laughs> yeah, sure, you can make the argument that he didn't have all his memories then, but like. There was an um, there was there was there was there was a rapport, there was a chemistry in them fucking ragging on each other that we haven't had. I do like the relationship that they have now, but like it's fucking, just you called her bunhead. You, you called her bunhead, man. You called her bunhead, you threw buns at her. My dude, <laughs> you yeah, were not friends. Yeah. Uh the exact <laughs> word in the dub was he never considered her a nuisance, and I was like, absolutely not. False in- lies incorrect. and slander. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Movie Struck, a podcast about movies and the people who watch them. I'm your host, Sophia Ricciardi, and I am joined today by uh, sad wizard and grad student, Noir. Noir, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, nice to be here. You've done it. You've... you've... You've condensed my entire being into two character traits. That's all I am. <laughs> Arguably, those two character traits are the same character trait. Grad student, sad wizard boy. But It just depends on what genre you're in, you know? That's fair. You can really cross the, cross the fictional lines. Um, but we're here today to talk about a movie, as per usual. And before we tell you what movie that is, I guess I have to ask you the one question that I ask at the top of every show. Uh, why do we watch Sailor Moon S the movie? <laughs> Well, as people I think are aware of by now, we've we've uh, been watching through Sailor Moon, the anime, like the old '90s one, not the mm-hmm. new Sailor Moon Crystal one. Admittedly, in 2023, that's kind of petered off a bit. However, <laughs> uh, there is still a chock full of movies to kind of go through. Mm-hmm. We watched Sailor Moon R, the movie, which I believe takes place between seasons two and three, yes. and this one, Sailor Moon S, the movie, takes place between seasons three and four so it's after the gay lesbians and uh the <laughs> death busters but before like the whole circus stuff and i think mm-hmm. chibi falls in love with a horse yes uh before that oh boy man what a season um <laughs> yeah this movie has got its own fun romantic subplot so why don't we just jump right into it we Let's open on <laughs> the globe from space and of course we slow pan up to the moon because what are we watching and behind that is a big comet This show loves its comets, meteors, and other flying space debris. (laughs) The comet is hurtling towards Earth with a mysterious woman on board, monologuing about how beautiful Earth is from the comet and how she's going to help it be even more beautiful and also all hers and conquer it. Woohoo, this is our villain of the movie, baby. She does an evil laugh, and it is so much worse than Esmeralda, the best evil laugh. Uh... Especially in the later Sailor Moon seasons. We're like halfway-ish through five, I think. Mm-hmm. We're going to return to it at some point. We're definitely yeah, going to do that. Yeah. But it hasn't been since Esmeralda since we've had someone do like that classic evil laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been sorely missed. I also like how the conceit of plots for these kinds of movies is very to the point. Why does yeah. she want to take over the world? Who cares? Yeah. I feel like... Um... Promise of the Rose had a lot of uh, baggage in its plot. Like there was a lot yeah. of like we're we're really getting into the depth of a character here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, she is really just a problem that will happen to make everything else going on worse. She, she doesn't need to be complicated. She can just be an ice queen, and that's okay. Honestly, um, we love it. Yeah, we love to see we love to see a cold bitch do her best. The problems are elsewhere in the movie, the, yes. the drama rather. Yeah. Uh, our ice queen sends some sparkles towards Earth, and then we go to Tokyo, where a scientist is watching through a telescope in an observatory as the sparkles approach. Uh, it's blonde tuxedo mask. Just kidding. It's a blonde guy who looks a lot like all of the dudes of a certain age in this movie. I did think that it was Sailor Uranus at first, just a tiny <laughs> bit, but then I realized that it bit. was not, not, not a gay lesbian. There's only so many short hairstyles in Sailor Moon. That's fair. <laughs> they all they all pull it off extremely well. Oh, so. yeah. I'm not complaining. Uh, The scientist goes outside to observe and sees the sparkle make landfall, and he drives to the spot where he finds a crater with a glowing crystal in the middle. Ooh. 
we then go to the theme song. <laughs> I I love this sequence. It's just so like, good. <laughs> they, it's just it's just a fucking slice of life. They're going shopping, and yeah. I love how they they make sure that every every sailor scout gets like a little moment. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Ami's buying too many books. Classic Ami. Uh, they're all they're all in the fucking arcade, and they're doing that fucking punching thing. And oh, yeah. Sailor Jupiter is fucking killing it and it's, it's just a really cute sequence i would watch just like a full straight hour of their slice of life no conflict whatsoever and be completely satisfied with the honestly yeah experience yeah um i really want to shout out uh sailor venus's love never changer t-shirt i thought that was a really great <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that one yeah yeah and even the uh outer scouts uranus neptune pluto get to make their little appearances also in mm-hmm. some great outfits um but yeah, the theme song just plays under this nice, nice little slice of life moment. Lots of little activities, and it um, feeds immediately into the show because they're wearing this or into the movie because they're wearing the same uh, outfits when they when we go back into it. Um, yeah, yeah. Where Usagi is watching a TV news report that tells of an astronaut Himiko who is recently selected to join the Lunar Frontier Project. She's munching on some snacks with Chibiusa as they watch this uh, TV report on a big screen in the town square or whatever. Um, when Luna, her cat, who was also there, chides her for daydreaming when she should be studying, and then sneezes. Poor cat has a cold. It's very sad. <laughs> Luna also asserts that she doesn't plan to ever fall in love, uh, which makes <laughs> Artemis, the other cat, uh, a little bit sad. And he offers to walk her home, but she's like, no, I can take care of myself. It'll be totally fine. Sneeze and walks us away. <laughs> this, is, this is interesting, because I definitely got vibes it might just be because they're two sentient cats but and i think later seasons introduce like their future kid or something yeah. kind of in a similar chibiusa manner but at least in the anime i didn't necessarily get the vibes that artemis was like into into luna or anything mm-hmm. like that like they were just buds but i think they this, play it up in this movie a little they bit they definitely more than, do yeah. they 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 really do a lot of legwork to kind of set the <laughs> set the stage for the main <laughs> dramatic through line of this which yeah. um Sophia will explain it in a bit, but I'm just gonna say for the for the purposes of things, there's a little meter that, that <laughs> I that was like rising as this movie was uh going on, and the meter was essentially like, How much of a problem is this gonna be? And as the movie <laughs> went on, it just kept rising more and just more and more. But then higher. like it, it it never really got to the point where like this is like capital A, capital P a problem. Mm-hmm. But like it was we got up to the cliff and we were looking right over it. We didn't necessarily fall down, but that that's that was my vibe throughout a lot of this movie. <laughs> um, on her way home, Luna is crossing the street when she collapses. Oh no. oh no! Before she can get up, a car is rushing at her, and she's saved at the last second by the blonde scientist from earlier, who is like, "Oh, poor kitty," and brings her home slash to the observatory where he works and lives, and helps the cat rest up, um, mm-hmm. taking care of the sick kitty. She wakes up in the morning to the dude snoozing in a chair and realizes that he stayed up all night to take care of her and gets the sparkle eyes, which is where the danger meter first mm-hmm. really started to appear for me personally. I was like, oh, yep. no, no. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Don't do what I think you're about to do, Sailor Moon. Please don't do this. <laughs> uh, so if, if I remember correctly, uh, Luna being saved by, the, by a human is the requisite to becoming Sailor Moon, I'm pretty sure, because that's how Usagi introduces herself to Luna. She like... Mm-hmm. I think chases some bullies away and then like helps rip the, the like a bandage off of her little crescent moon, which allows her to talk. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So by all accounts, uh, Kimiko should be or what is his name? It's like uh, Kekaru or something. Kekaru, yeah. He should be Sailor Moon by now. <laughs> we should just have a second tuxedo mask running around. I feel like it's only fair and right. They could do so much more little bits they can together. Com- they can compete with entrance. <laughs> <laughs> We cannot talk about... I'm going to put it now. We can't talk about the tuxedo mask entrance until it happens, because otherwise that would be this entire podcast. (laughs) Yep, yep. All right. Let's continue on. Meanwhile, everyone else is like, oh my god, Luna's missing. And the girls start to blame Usagi for making her run away. So we get some A-tier sticking tongues out at each other sounds from uh, Rei and Usagi. And they all split up to search for clues and look for Luna. Yeah. At the observatory, Luna is fed some cat food when the doorbell rings. It's Himiko, the astronaut. She just arrived back in Japan, and she's excited to see her good friend, uh, Blondie. He congratulates her on the Luna project, which she seems a little disappointed by. She's like, oh, is that really all you have to say to me? 
Uh, and he then brings her up to speed on his comet discovery and how he named it Princess Snow Kaguya because it was so close to the moon. Um, he's a very he's very like into the mystical side of the moon and mm-hmm. just like watching this series and knowing that the show and the movie is called Sailor Moon. I was yeah. like, oh, Princess on the Moon? We got one of those already. We're good. It's, mm-hmm. it's I, I, How, you're, you're it, completely must, correct, my dude. <laughs> it must be so devastating for him because the the, the I think the, the the main sort of conceit about this scene is that like they're both very science oriented, mm-hmm. which is a, is a welcome, refreshing um, thing to introduce <laughs> in Sailor Moon, which is not really a lot about the science of the moon yeah. or like the exploration of it, but mainly like more about the the mystical aspect of like having a celestial body be there in space and stuff like that but how devastating must it be for you to be like completely right about admittedly what's kind of a bit of a crackpot theory and then having this very close person to you just be like you're a scientist you gotta you gotta you gotta treat this a bit more scientifically you can't just yeah. go out be saying that they're they're chicks on the moon but he's <laughs> right that's the problem <laughs> That's that's kind of the inherent issue with being a little bit mystical in Sailor Moon is like, well, actually, though, you know, maybe you should be. Uh, and she's, yeah, like you said, she kind of <laughs> is like, you know, NASA hasn't said anything about a new comet, so I don't know. But he's like, no, 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 this crystal that I found totally proves my theory. Uh, despite showing off the crystal, no one seems to believe him, including Himiko. And he has apparently a history of, like, seeing things on the moon, like a goddess that weren't there. He's like, he's right though. He's, he's right, right though. He's like, I'm like, yeah. Her name is Usagi, and she. <laughs> she I think Luna's like regularly. Luna's like overhearing this, and she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He gets it. Yeah, he's all, he's he's got the he's got the so the, the feeling. Um, Rip Kakaru. Rip Kakaru. He then says that when he looks at the moon, he like feels energy from it. And this is when I was like, okay, there's two meters in this movie for me. There's, uh-oh. And then there's Sailor Scout nonsense. And this was starting to feel the, like, mm, we're going to get some Sailor Scout nonsense. Um, for me, though, this was just par for the course. Um, I've, I, you mentioned I was a grad student. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mechanical <laughs> engineer. I'm, I'm doing space research. I'm building space instruments. One of the instruments that I make is going to the moon. And I definitely got those vibes of, like, ah, yes, the moon, my beloved. I'm... My instrument will be coming to you soon. And so honestly, I didn't get Sailor Scout vibes from this. I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty par for the course for a scientist, I would think. This is just how moon guys think about the moon, you know? I love her. <laughs> uh, as she, she's like, dude, you have so many PhDs. Why are you talking crazy? The crystal begins to glow, and he gets a big headache and asks her to leave. All right, all right. <laughs> I think there's a similar scene in Thor Ragnarok where Bruce Banner is like, oh, I have seven PhDs, whatever. A PhD, really, more than anything is just a certificate knowing that you, like, indicating that you know how to study real good. Like, that's, that's more or less it. Like, the, the assumption being that once you learn the requisite skills to, like, skim through academic papers with <laughs> enough efficiency so that you can actually do work on a timely rate, mm-hmm. that sh- skill should be applicable to other studies, not just, you don't need a PhD for different, this, this guy needs a, this guy just needs to get into, like, a postdoctorate program at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that that was my vibe. That was what that was the thing that I was getting. This is why we're bringing you in, the requisite expert for this episode, to really give us the Kakaroo's uh, academic profile background that we. Were, I mean, it all really was lo- sorely lacking. <laughs> it all really lends to, the, to his um, image of kind of being like a very sick and pathetic man, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. very very <laughs> someone worth sympathizing towards. <laughs> Could be described as a poor little meow meow. Yes. Uh, <laughs> In Luna's case, literally meow meow. Yes, literally. Himiko leaves because he's hurt her feelings, and Luna's like, okay, I guess I'll go hang out. Um, He vents to the cat about how happy he is for Himiko, who is behind the wall listening in, and he asks Luna her name, and she almost says in human words, Luna, before catching herself, since cats don't talk, uh, Mm -hmm. and then he has the genius connection of, well, there's like a moon on your face, so I'll call you, moon's a bad name, but what about Luna? And then she's like, hell yeah. Um, Honestly, like, props to that guy he, yeah. he did it <laughs> you did it you got it i um, can't if you like i know that ziggy doesn't have any like lightning marks or anything like that <laughs> but even if even if she did i would not be able to stare into ziggy's eyes and discern that her name would be ziggy if i didn't know that her name was ziggy already no well if so. you stared into ziggy's eyes you wouldn't see anything staring back is the thing so i don't know if you could really discern any mm, like <laughs> fair enough not in a spooky way there's just nothing going on back there <laughs> <laughs> eyes empty <laughs> Head empty. Head empty. No thoughts. 
Um, yeah. Her thing has so, been, and what she's doing right now is sleeping directly underneath my desk chair. So if I oh, scooch I even a little it. bit in any direction, she would get run over. And I'm like, you could you sleep literally anywhere else? Oh, One no. of your like three cat beds or the Lego box that you've decided is a cat bed. <laughs> I like how your your profession and your occupation has lent itself to Ziggy just kind of like claiming the entire area surrounding your computer desk as like yeah. her own domain, which makes Pretty things much. very difficult for you who has to leave the computer desk from time to time. It does because I live in a one bedroom, so it's not like I can close the door to the computer desk. It is just sort of a place I have to be in a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. Um. But speaking of cat care, uh, Blondie gives Luna sugar candies, you know, like the little ones you collect in Mario Galaxy and you feed little Lumas. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, was, yeah. I was thinking just like, I don't I don't know what I was thinking. My first thought were like those like origami stars that you mm. can make by like just a single thin strip of paper or whatever. Yeah. Um, but those aren't sugar and you can't eat those. But now <laughs> I'm... Not with that attitude. That's fair. Now I just want to know what they taste like. I assume they taste like sugar. He yeah. literally calls them sugar stars. I think maybe like a rock candy kind of situation, if I had to I guess. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. But they he also feeds it to a cat. And my understanding is that cats generally shouldn't give them candy. Um, well, but if they're just like... Special, so. If they're just like sugar or like caramelized sugar, is that okay? That was my first thought as well. Like, I don't know. Can you they're give like different colors. So they might have like dyes in them and stuff. That's fair. I don't know. It seems to have no effect on Luna other than making her uh, more enamored with Blondie, so I think maybe it's okay. <laughs> um, he recounts a legend that if you make a wish while eating the sugar candies, Princess Kaguya would appear, something he's always wished would come true as he very much believes in Princess Kaguya of the moon. And he asks her if it's silly to believe there's a goddess on the moon and the cat meows approvingly because again, she is the sidekick <laughs> of Sailor Moon, actual god of the moon. <laughs> yeah. I like how though, there is a path that they could have taken where like eventually like the the plot of the movie happens and luna or sailor moon or hold on this guy should know sailor moon exists right yes she fights crime he... all the time in his city wait yeah why is he not obsessed with her she's literally called sailor moon i guess i guess he doesn't know that she's involved with the moon in the in any other aspect other mm. than just she's named after the moon but yeah. my for, but like one path that they could have taken was that Sailor Moon or Luna or whatever could have like told him, yeah, you're right. It's there is a goddess living on the moon. It's not Princess Kaguya. It's it's fucking Sailor Moon, <laughs> Queen Serenity, yada yada. It's this high schooler. <laughs> yeah. But no, th now we have to entertain the idea that there are two goddesses on the mm -hmm. moon, Kaguya and, Qu and Queen Serenity, and, and I'd like to know that story. And one's been there the whole time, and the other one's like now on Earth, hanging out with all of us. So okay, good luck. Uh, well, from what I understand, Princess Kaguya comes from like an actual like Japanese yes. uh, folk tale, um, where um, like I don't know, I think it's Kaguya the is, like... tale of the bamboo cutter. Um, mm. Overly sarcastic productions has a video on it. If anyone's curious for the full myth, oh, well, there essentially. You go parents cut down magical piece of bamboo and there's a child inside the child becomes princess kaguya all, all sorts of things ensue uh blondie catches himiko running out the door at that moment and realizes that she overheard everything on his little speech uh as luna sits and watches the ocean wondering about her feelings of maybe love for this human man the meter climbing ever higher <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh boy snow princess kaguya is monologuing ever closer as we get our first look at her very tits out outfit um yeah <laughs> I looked at the the behind the scenes of this, and I think, um, I I uh, fucking whoever wrote this, it might have been the the, it might have been Naoko Takeuchi, um, who wrote Sailor Moon. I might I don't quite remember, but apparently she, whoever did write it, based the design, um, off of like this one Art Deco figurine that she saw, huh. and then retroactively looking back, I'm like. Yeah, that's fair. That 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 does look like it could be in like a like a fucking masthead type pose. Yeah. Beside a lamp or something. I She's got know. sort of the like ice body thing going on where whenever people have like a snow or an ice villain, they're just like, well, they're just made of ice, so they can be as naked as they want. And I think that's part of why yeah. it slides through. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'm like, that woman is not wearing a shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um. She appears over Tokyo and sings opera, which makes a bunch of snow swirl and some snow dancers, our little minions, are built out of the snow, and she sends them to freeze the planet. 
I love their little like frog fingers. I don't yeah. understand why they have What's them. What's up with that? I don't know. And they, they make, look a I lot don't... like um like Ponyo's sisters in the way that they move. They got a like kind of like fishtail thing mm. going on. Yeah. Um, they also make a weird noise. I, yeah. Like a. Because she. Know, uh, this is how the subtitles. I watched it on YouTube in the dub. This is how the subtitles described her action was she sang opera to create them so i was like oh maybe that'll be like a recurring motif like they're gonna do a lot of like vocalizing and they kind of yeah. do but it just sort of uh. sounds like warbling <laughs> oh the warbling they just dis- the youtube described it as opera or they described a I... snow princess princess snow kage as like summoning them as opera which was a bit more like vocalizing than what they would do afterwards but i assume that that meant that, that would be like a through line and they would all just be doing opera the whole time which would have maybe found a, changed my I opinion found a on subbed this. version and i watched the subbed version so I, i'm good. not privy i'm not this privy to, to means... these additional closed caption we can close it, we, can, you... we can compare and contrast fair enough yes <laughs> um Usagi and Shibuya, while looking for Luna, see that it starts to snow as one snow dancer lands in front of them and starts freezing people. Um, as all the civilians who could notice their transformation are frozen, we go to the other Sailor Scouts and they transform uh, mm-hmm. one by one into their various scout uniforms. Meanwhile, the outer Senshi, the uh, uh, three scouts from the outer planets, uh, who are sitting enjoying some tea and other beverages in a cafe, see what's up and also transform. They have the best transformation music. The killer violin yeah. riff is just so good. I can never uh-huh. get over it every time it happens. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so great. I'm glad that like I'm glad we're at the point where they can be featured in like yeah. these movies and and we see them in subsequent seasons because they're they are great objectively. Yeah. Like we haven't gotten Saturn like in the full effect yet, but the other three yeah. are there, so he's still he's still got the cool transformation and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, fight, fight, fight! Girl gang uses world shaking and other very strong attacks handily win. The other, I love you. <laughs> there's like eight of them at this point, yeah. and it's like it feels like an eternity's worth of them transforming and then kicking <laughs> the shit out of these guys. Yeah, all of the scouts have like no issues dealing with the snow. Um, Mercury's bubble trap was the one that frustrated me the most because I'm like, that, those are frozen. Like, that attack, you, your attack is just making more snow, my dude. It's, it's... <laughs> uh, but luckily, yeah. uh, Sailor Mars makes fire, so I think that this is going to be a very temporary comeback for the snow guys. Um, they're pretty handily dealing with the uh, snow dancers. Meanwhile, Usagi and Shibuya are on the run, and they pull a look over there to make the snow dancer mm-hmm. chasing them look off to the side so they can duck into an alleyway and transform. It works perfectly. No notes. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why they need to hide their identity from the snow dancers, but we did get that fun moment, so I'm not yeah. complaining. Uh, we don't see Chibiusa transform all that often, so this was kind of fun because I kind of forgot what it looked like when she did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at this point we're on Moon Cosmic Power, which is like the third or fourth power up that Sailor Moon gets that involves her transformation. It's also the yep. one with the most spinning animations. We love to see it. <laughs> she truly is doing the helicopter kind of move. Um, mm-hmm. They do their little speech about chilling out and announce that they're there to fight for love and justice and that they're going to punish her in the name of the moon. Uh, and the mm-hmm. snow dancer begins her attack, dancing and twirling mm-hmm. to confuse Sailor Moon and Shibi Moon. But by focusing mm-hmm. really hard, she... Fails to clock the real one, and Sailor Moon's moonstick is knocked from her hand. Mm-hmm. Dire times for Sailor Moon. Who can yeah. help her? <laughs> Fucking yeah! It's Mamoru Tuxedo Mask time, baby. There's. Oh uh, I want to go God. through this. <laughs> I want to go through this moment by moment so that we can really spend our time afterwards going into the details of it. Yeah. The rose is thrown. It lands next to the stick. We go to the sky where we see fully Santa Claus, and it's like, whoa, Santa. Then they pull out to reveal on that he's sleigh, the bottom of a blimp. Reindeer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Attached to the bottom of a blimp. It's not Santa. It's actually Tuxedo fucking Mask. And he <laughs> says, happy, Merry Christmas. And then he rips off the Santa suit and says, uh-huh. and uh, Happy New Year. And he's standing there. So many there. questions. So many There's questions. There's so many questions. Uh, Why is there a blimp <laughs> that just doesn't have a Santa? Because Mamura would have to have disguised himself as a Santa. Santa. He yeah. looks like a different guy. Like he's wearing like one of the Mission Impossible you, face you, masks. Yeah, you can like see there's like face like there's like like age lines on the Santa's face, and then I don't know. He's just that good. Uh. Um, and it doesn't end there, because he does no. a little speech about how winter is for lovers, and then the snow dancer attacks, and he yells uh-huh. "Lahiam" and throws a dreidel at her. <laughs> so the the sub version he said because yeah, I I actually went back and I looked like specifically at the dubbed. Uh, version of that clip and yeah he says like 
um, winters suck in the north, but uh, the snow is accentuated by like the beauty of some lovers or whatever, which is like a comprehensible sentence. Yeah. He says this in the dub. Winters are harsh in the north where the snow falls often. However, snow that bleaches the world is like beautiful lovers that meet in the winter. I got nothing. I don't know what it is. I got nothing. And I think the snow dancer also like gives like a confused stare. So I'm inclined to think that this weird like sentence, uh, which admittedly is translated from Japanese, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I, I'd like to think that that's the real version. And the and the <laughs> he was so occupied with trying to set up his Santa entrance that he forgot to think of like a cool entrance phrase or whatever. <laughs> I just I can't get over. It, I mean, it, it's covering so many different faiths for a movie that has not been established to be Christmas time or the holiday season <laughs> yeah. at all. Other than the fact yeah. that it's snowing, which my understanding is that is caused by... It's They do establish <laughs> that it's winter break. I don't know how close like Japanese winter break is to Christmas time. Um, I, I'm, I'm assuming maybe enough such that there is a fucking Santa blimp out there in the world. But yeah. I didn't see like Christmas decorations or lights or anything like that. I could have also just not been paying attention to the to the background art. But and let's not forget, we got a little Jewish representation in throwing yep. up the dreidel and shouting "Lahayim." <laughs> I didn't Which... get that in the subversion, so I'm glad that I did go over the dub version because "Lahayim" that's a good addition. <laughs> that is a good. That's a great addition. Robbie was... Damon kills it. Robbie Damon really, truly my tuxedo mask. But um, I just I can't get because last movie. He stepped out from in front of a billboard to reveal that he had been there the whole time, which I thought <laughs> literally nothing like, could ever get better. With than a that. sea of man, a sea of like tuxedoed men, like yes. in, on the billboard as well. So he, he, yeah. I was like, nothing could top this reveal for me. And then this movie, it's so intricate. <laughs> There's so many components. How could he possibly have prepared this? There's so much to break down here because, like, one thing that I always liked about sailor moon is the music like the music mm-hmm. is unironically a bop and and here it's no different when when all the sailor scouts are transforming they and this i think they did this in the last movie too um they're like little chanters that sing like each individual sailor yeah. scouts names as they transform so when ami is transforming it's like sailor mercury yada yada uh <laughs> when mamaru enters they're just fully singing like chanting like la la lying to jingle bells and it's like <laughs> The There's no need like to improve hard, on perfection. It, it's like a hard fade from the battle music to just fully yeah. like do 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 yeah. do, and it's not until he rips off the Santa costume to reveal his tuxedo mask that it switches. That we get the the. Da, 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 da. I, it's just like an incredible reveal. I can't. I I could not get over it. I watched this like five times. I just kept rewinding. I know. To I know. Rewatch it after it happened. <laughs> And then the last thing, I'd have to go over the movie again, but was it a dreidel that he threw or was it yes. just a top? I mean, it might have just been a top. I think it's implied to be a dreidel. I think realistically the, the dreidel looks more like a top. That's fair. I'm not Jewish and I could be wrong, but I, I believe a dreidel has like the four sides with the four um, characters and that's like the whole conceit of the game, like whatever mm-hmm. character it lands on, you do a certain thing, but it's just a top. You can't play dreidel with a top. <laughs> Switching from his traditional rose that he throws to it, I think is why I lean towards it. Even if it does not technically look like one, I think they are trying to imply that it is a dreidel because I cannot imagine yeah. a reason otherwise that they would have him throw that instead of a rose. <laughs> and and the, the, the dub version, like, you know, exclaiming Lahayim, that, that yeah. does sort of like cement it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this opening provided by Tuxedo Mask, which again, the whole episode could just be us talking about this. I love it so much. <laughs> But this opening allows Sailor Moon to do her finishing move with her moon spiral heart attack, and boy, does she spin for this one. Um, People unfreeze, (laughs) everyone immediately resumes normal activity because shit like this happens in Tokyo like once a week for them at this point. Uh, Mm. And Snow, Princess Kaguya, monologues even more about this unexpected interference. She's like, Snow dancers, have you found the crystal piece I need to freeze the entire earth? And they haven't, so they go to do that. Kaguya also monologues her backstory about how eons ago she was repelled from Earth by its light and she's been forced to endure a long journey since then, and that has not changed her plans to conquer Earth even a little bit, which she intends to do by using the crystal to slowly make Earth hers before the humans even realize what's up. Uh, the TLDR is she's just gonna like freeze the Earth and then it'll be like hers forever or whatever. Um, is the implication that she was the purpose for the Ice Age? 
Maybe. I don't and know like, if the movie ever goes so far as to say that, but I could see that being a fun little headcanon of ours. Possibly. I think at this point that even that's like a like looking into it too deep. We don't need to know the reason why. She was on the earth and then she was expelled and now she's back with yeah. a vengeance. That's all we need to know. She does her evil laugh again. It gets better with more reverb, but still no, doesn't even come touch to t- come close to touching Esmeralds. Um, mm. Meanwhile, Blondie's crystal is glowing and he feels pain. <laughs> Wonder what's up with that. Yeah, geez. Uh, the gals regroup and bring each other up to speed before Chibiusa spots Luna, now with a pretty little yellow bow. Um, Luna and Usagi reunite, and Luna remember uh, Luna, knowing that her ribbon is from Blondie, uh, who sent her off with an assurance that she could visit any time, chooses to keep that info to herself and instead warns the group of a mysterious comet that is pa- passing by the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, back at Ray's, Ami reiterates that the comet was undetected by NASA and other space agencies, and the girls theorize that the monsters might still be lurking, even though they haven't seen them in the last couple days. This part was like, like I understand there is, like obviously, if if you're gonna put a scientific eye to things, then you you would tend to trust the science until the science discovers that it's wrong or something like that, which is a thing that happens. But like, at the same time, science has not discovered that there is a civilization living <laughs> on the moon with the space goddess, and so I don't know how much stock you can put into science at this point. Yeah, I, I gotta say, as a science guy in the in the world of Sailor Moon, I'm on the side of the fucking mystic <laughs> middle schoolers over there. Yeah, the uh, girls who fight for love and justice might actually know a thing or two in just this particular universe. Maybe just a little bit more. Uh, Artemis and Venus arrive late, and he looks for Luna, but she's MIA. She told Usagi she had something to do. Usagi also says, hello, potato, before biting into a very hot sweet potato. I thought that was very charming. Um, yeah. <laughs> Luna's been reading a bunch of medical textbooks and eating sugar candies, apparently, recently. Um, Venus even spotted her a few days ago near the Space Development Agency Observatory, a.k.a. Blondie's house, and they're all concerned that Luna is not acting like herself. Oh, boy. And the meter rises just a little bit more. Every time. Luna's been scouring medical texts, and she can't figure out what illness Blondie is sick with. She tries to go visit him at the observatory, wiggling her way through a window, only for Himiko to be like, oh, not now, kitty, and close her out. Luna is sad. She's like, oh, no, am I in his way? Am I, like, holding him back because I'm a cat and not a human woman? And I was like, oh, the meter rises ever further. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think now, now that, like, I guess pun fully intended, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, Luna is in love with this guy, and, and like, we now skirt the lines of, like, are we supposed to be okay with this? Um, what am I, I rooting I'd like, for here? <laughs> right. I would like to point, I'd like to, like, read a bit of an excerpt of the plot that Wikipedia has, which oh I, I just really love the phrasing with it, which is, um, Luna herself ends up with unrequited love because it is revealed that Kakru himself has a girlfriend, an astronaut named Himiko Nayotake, and, more importantly, because Luna is a cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad they added the more importantly part at the end there, otherwise I'd be a little concerned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Mamoru and Usagi are talking about Luna while on a date by the lake, and Mamoru's like, give her space, dude, I'm sure she'll figure herself out. Uh, he makes the mistake of saying the word clingy out of context, and Usagi is immediately like, what do you think I'm clingy? Uh, and she's sad about it, but they managed to bring the, uh, bring it around. They're soulmates after all. Um, I do like Mamoru in, Mamoru's doing the right boyfriend thing, where he's very, he's very, he's being trying to be very reassuring that, that mm-hmm. Usagi is not being, um, clingy. However, he does say, I never hated you, which is objectively yes. false. Yes, objectively false. We've seen <laughs> which is objectively season one false. of the show, they are full enemies. <laughs> they do not like each other. <laughs> yeah, sure, you can make the argument that he didn't have all his memories then, but like, there was an um, there was there was there was there was a rapport, there was a chemistry in them fucking ragging on each other that we haven't had. I do like the relationship that they have now, but like It's fucking, just blatantly you called her untrue. You, you called, called her bunhead, bun man. You called her bunhead. You threw buns at her. My dude, <laughs> you were yeah, not friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the exact word in the dub was he never considered her a nuisance. And I was like, absolutely not. False lies and slander. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, honestly is even more boyfriend of <laughs> Even. <laughs> it's like, no, I've always loved you. What are you talking about? No. I never called you bunhead, unaffectionately. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
uh, Luna's walking through the park and sees this romance happening and is like, damn, I really do be a cat, don't I? And I was like, oh, Luna, my dude, <laughs> making it really hard for this meter. <laughs> this is the thing, like, it's, I know, like, at its core, it's a very sweet thing. Like, Luna, who, like, in the anime, isn't very love-oriented. She's very much, like, to her mission and even to like Usagi like she does like Luna does rag on Usagi a lot out of like affection and love but a lot mm. of it is legitimately because like Luna's like you have a job to do fucking Sailor Moon and you got to fucking do it um and so it is at its core it is it is sweet to see Luna kind of like pull away from that aspect of her and actually like find someone that she is in love with but she's a cat which kind of colored this entire situation in just such a weird little way. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's something all right. It's something all right. Uh, at home that night, Usagi is brushing her hair when Luna compliments her potpourri. Which is, yeah, now you, you know, know that those, like, really not little things. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she is like, very, you know, like, again, if she wasn't a cat, it would be a very kind of charming, like, little sister being, like, shy, asking yeah. big sister kind of thing. Like, oh, what what do you talk about with, like, Mamoru? And, and Usagi's like, oh, well, you know, we just kind of talk about whatever. It's I like when he gets really excited about something that he's reading in his books. He starts to tell me something. And she's like, in those moments, he ends up falling asleep on the couch, which is an adorable, like, real relationship mood in some way. I'm that like, is very... That's incredibly sweet and charming. <laughs> to yeah, be like, like, oh, she's so endeared by how, like, comfortable he is around her and how just, like, and close also, they yeah. are. Yeah. I also like the little detail of, like, Mamoru, like, can't stop gushing about whatever thing he's reading because in the yeah. anime we learn that like inexplicably he's kind of a genius i think mm -hmm. like he knows several languages and he's schmoozing it up with like several like established scientists someday talking about quantum mechanics PhDs. <laughs> someday perhaps um and so like that little comment was nice because like oh yeah i can definitely see how this fucking nerd of a guy mm -hmm. would end up doing that and then immediately falling asleep that's yeah that's fair and it's sweet that she's so endeared by that too. It's like, absolutely yeah. It'd be very easy, especially in like a romance anime, to be like, "Well, he's not paying attention to me all the time." And I'm like, "No, no, no. This is a much more real description of like people who have been together for a while. It's like you're comfortable, you're happy. It's, yeah. it's very yeah. sweet. I was ve this this moment charmed me. And then I remembered that it was Luna the cat asking about romance <laughs> and what is <laughs> and what it is like to kiss. And I'm like, mm, now nah, I'm back. Mm. I am you, right. you you pushed me out and you reeled me back." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Luna's like, uh, so what's it like when you guys smooch? And Usagi's like, oh, it's so sweet. Uh, and Luna immediately jumps to like, oh, like sugar candy. And I'm like, yes, the thing that cats are not supposed to eat, probably. <laughs> uh, that yeah. night, while the gals sleep soundly, Luna goes and tries to open the potpourri, getting it rained down on her. So now she smells like potpourri. <laughs> Great. Yep. <laughs> um... At the observatory, Luna visits uh, Kakaru, who tells her he gave up on his dream of being an astronaut because his health kept getting worse and worse, and for some reason, uh, his health seemed to be failing even faster now recently, and then we hard cut to the glowing crystal in a little insert shot, yeah. and then back to the scene, this and I'm like, oh, Sailor Moon, you didn't need to highlight it for me. I was fully... This is I, awful. I got it's it. <laughs> this establishes that Kakaru was already a pathetic little boy before the fucking life crystal started draining his energy. <laughs> I guess it's also so doubly, sickly. it's also doubly like unfortunate because I guess that would mean that Kakaru wouldn't think that anything is amiss. Um, mm, yeah. It's like, oh man, I got this crystal and now I'm so sick all of a sudden. This never happens to me. Yeah. Nah, this happens to him apparently like pretty frequently, at least enough to where he wasn't fit to 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 go into space or at least yeah. train to do so. Um, so yeah, yeah, he uh, pulls out a photo from their lab days and with him and Himiko, another scientist, and he's like, I just want to hold out long enough to watch Himiko take off and could do our dream for both of us. Um, and he then says that even though Luna's a cat, he feels like at times they can understand each other. And I was like, movie, do not do this to me. I am begging it's you. One thing, it's one thing if Luna is like giving out vibes of like, I want to mac on this guy. It's another thing when the guy is also giving out those vibes. Yes. I'm like, look, a little crush, okay, I can fine i can deal with this do not it cannot be two-sided it can it, it yeah, cannot yeah. it cannot <laughs> i think this scene is the highest that the meter ever goes for me yeah um yeah um yeah. they snuggle up and she's he's like oh you smell nice and i'm like it's because she got covered in that potpourri that scene earlier remember the potpourri it was so yeah. important it was such an important <laughs> detail yeah 
Um, the Luna then. Wait, it just it a... just occurred to me that I think Luna did that on purpose. Yes, I think like, she I didn't she was just... to drop the bottle on herself, but I do right. think that's why she was going for the potpourri in the first place. That, okay, no, I I just got that now. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Knowing how stinky Ziggy gets, I understand why <laughs> Luna might want to <laughs> zhuzh up. Isn't that right, yeah. Ziggy? Oh, God, where'd she go? Oh, no. <laughs> it's like Jaws. Whoa. She could be anywhere, bite my feet. Um, I, I, I imagine if you keep talking to your microphone, she'll get the hint and come up to your lap in a bit. Maybe. We'll see. Um, <laughs> Luna then kisses a human man and runs through some grass happily. I think it's on the cheek. I'm pretty sure it's on the cheek. It's hard to tell. It's ambiguous. It's hard to tell. <laughs> yep. But again, this is the highest that the meter ever goes for me because, like, man, they really do hold on that shot for, for, for a good while as man, Luna, like, do. contemplates whether or not she should do it and then she ends up doing it. A little smooth while he's asleep. Uh, meanwhile, Ray updates the girls about spotting Luna happy after a night out and uh, Jupiter's like, oh, it must be love, but... Uh, Venus is like, no, 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 Artemis is sad about this, and we should suggest otherwise. But the other girls are like, nope, totes love. We have decided that Luna is in love. Uh, Artemis leaves the room sadly, and Venus chides them, revealing that Usagi uh, was the only one who didn't know that Artemis had a crush on Luna. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like me, the audience, also. (laughs) Me is Usagi. (laughs) I mean, like, we got vibes. Yeah. But, like, it was Based never really on, like, explicitly, yeah. The way that they like to pair people up in the series and also the fact that their child shows up from the future at some point, I'm like, well, okay, I, I, I get it. But, like, currently, want, they I, just kind of seem like buds. I just didn't want to assume because they're the only two sentient cats. But, like, I suppose it was a foregone conclusion <laughs> once they introduced two sentient cats. Two sent- a second sentient cat. Yeah. Um, the girls all talk about how they want to be in love someday, many reminiscing about their first loves and making vague callbacks to times in the series where they've gone on dates, which is somewhat frequent. Uh, yeah. The fact that Yurichiro did not show up at any point during this movie made me incredibly I sad. I was <laughs> thinking that entirely, and then also like Amiya's first boyfriend. Who, yeah, like, the one who like got on a train and left. Rain- yeah, that one rainbow <laughs> crystal one that, that I think Ami herself doesn't even know about because like everyone fucking died and got their memories reset. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. Yeah. It's a fun joke, because Sailor Jupiter, like, makes this joke once an episode, where she's like, I remember my first love, and it's a different guy every time, which is always very mm-hmm. funny, and I think it plays pretty well. So her, she did it first, and I'm like, oh, fun bit, and then everyone else also did it. I'm like, oh, callbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the outer sensei, or sensei, are also uh, sitting around having tea again in the exact same cafe, seemingly in the exact same well, formation they, with the same drinks. They were interrupted the first time. They gotta, they gotta finish what they started. It's a full. It's like a full week later. Like this is a different day. <laughs> oh no, that's right. Yeah, because like it's in, it's suggested that time passes. Yeah. Like of them like looking into the comet and like them reporting on this having is seen fully Luna from time a to different time. point in time. They are. They just did not want to draw them in a different background. They're, like, in the exact same spot, the exact same formation. Yeah. I swear they're in the same outfits. It's incredible. <laughs> um, they are talking about the monsters and the misgivings that they have. And then we hard cut to Princess Kanguya continuing to monologue as the crystal grows and glows under the sea. Artemis finds Luna, and while he tries to talk to her, she rushes off. And Usagi spots her as she dashes away and runs after her, spotting Luna open the window and go into the observatory to hang with Blondie. As they're hanging out, Himiko arrives to tell him that it's her last day in Japan before she leaves, and she asks if when she returns from space she could come back here, but he tells her to give it up. They don't see eye to eye on the moon, and I assume other things, and he gets very aggressive about this and basically breaks up with her in kind of a, go on, get, you know, we don't want you any here sort of situation. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like the undertones of like, I don't want to do this, but I have to do this, yada yada. Um... She's like, no, I don't want to break up with you. And uh, she ends up running out crying, upset about what's happened, and he cries too. And it's at this moment that Luna realizes that Kakaru does care about Himiko and leaves sadly. Uh, broken hearted, what a horrible, one could say. What a horrible state of mind to be in as you are launching into space. Like, right? few, peop- few people ever get this privilege. And imagine, like, imagine you get to go into space, but then you're fucking weighed down by having broken up with someone. I think... Statistically, it had to have happened, like to someone, to one of these astronauts out there in the world, in this in this world, in, in, mm-hmm. our, in our day and time. And I feel unfortunate for them. But yeah. for now, today, I feel unfortunate for Himiko, this fictional woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just devastating. Especially the yeah. guy you like 
you're going into space kind of for him as well too because it's his dream that yeah. he can't fulfill and it's like oh now you want to break up with me right before i do the thing that we've talked about our whole lives okay that, that's all that's yeah, that's honestly even doubly awful yeah Oof. um usagi confronts luna and luna fills her in on him hiding his illness from himiko and also how uh luna is in love with him uh but now she's like but i know that he was meant for someone else also you know i'm a cat so unless i could magically become a human person there's no way for me to stay by his hmm. side and i'm like ah, stop saying okay that. movie don't, I think don't do this to me <laughs> i think i'm seeing where this plot is gonna end up <laughs> luna cries they hug it out just then a snow dancer appears and heads for his room princess snow kaguya appears inside freezing the room uh, and locking the door in a way with ice that Sailor Moon can't open it. She snags the crystal uh, and Usagi and Luna can only watch as she monologues about the crystal increasing its power by absorbing his life energy and he's like, whoa, Snow Princess Kaguya is real after all and also a total bitch. <laughs> then she dips on out of there and all the snow melts inside instantly. I mean, it's unfortunate. I guess he could have found like some other comet and named it Princess No Kaguya. Because like she she doesn't call herself Princess No Kaguya until no. like he says, Hey, yeah. it's Princess No Kaguya and she was like, Dope, I'm using that. <laughs> um It's unfortunate. He could have found like he could have very well found another comet with a much nicer princess on it and, and called no. her Princess No Kaguya, but no. He had to get Ice Queen. It's um, honestly a, a fucking like miracle that Princess No Kaguya ended up having snow powers at all. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you think he like spoke it into existence, you know? power of belief or whatever honestly given given the the, the magic rules it, the very <laughs> loose magic rules here in the sailor moon universe i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised yeah luna is still worried about kakaru since as long as the evil crystal exists so will the evil aura that like feeds on him or whatever uh and he's never gonna be able to get better princess snow kaguya can now enact her plan though so she drops the crystal into the bigger ice crystal under the sea uh and it begins to grow even more Meanwhile, the rest of the scouts listen as Artemis regales them with a tale from a manuscript he once read. Uh, in ancient times, an evil star suddenly appeared, scattered ice crystals far and wide, crystals covered the earth, everything froze, but the power of friendship, aka the silver crystal power, melted the darkness and saved the earth. Uh, oh boy. Where did you read this, Artemis? Which, which manuscript? What manuscript? Where was what, this what? for the last week of the plot? <laughs> but also just, like, in general, what fucking Sailor Moon, like, uh, Neo... Not Neo Tokyo. What's the name of the fucking kingdom on the moon? It might just be called the Moon Kingdom. I don't remember. This was like season one, kingdom, season two stuff. Like the crystal kingdom what kind of season? What what kind of Moon Kingdom lore is freely available here on Earth for you to peruse? You know, like no guy on Earth is going to be writing about the fucking silver crystal. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> right? Like, admittedly, it's been no. a while since we saw season three, and and and, and that focused on the silver crystal. Especially since they like, all died and got their memories wiped, like. Yeah. The first time the crystal was used. When the lore would have been most available. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Whatever needs to be done to propel the plot forward, I suppose. Because like, as as predicted by the manuscript, that shit's happening again. Uh, everyone yeah. puts together the pieces and they're like, well, we got to stop it. Um, Himiko, meanwhile, is being sent off by her coworkers when Usagi and Luna catch up to her. They try to warn her about the Luna Frontier Project and ask her to postpone it on account of the comet heading for Earth with an evil ice switch on it. Himiko get, just looks befuddled uh, and walks off not believing her. She's a scientist after all. I get that I get that like Usagi is a middle schooler and doesn't exactly like I can understand how a middle schooler wouldn't fully understand like the chain of command that goes on at NASA. You can't just ask an astronaut to cancel a project. That's not <laughs> how that works. That yeah. like if anything it's going to be the technicians who are like, "Oh, the weather is not nice enough to fucking launch into space. We're delaying it." But I don't <laughs> I don't know if you can, I don't know if like an astronaut can go on protest and just no. be like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I think that's pretty unlikely. Yeah. Um, Luna also theorizes that if Kakaru could meet Princess Kaguya, then maybe he'd get his strength back through power of hope or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's been his dream since he was little, so, you know, power of dreams. Um, Luna then once again bemoans that she can't be a human, and I was like, movie, please don't do this to me. <laughs> <sighs> We get our cats 2019 after all. Oh, God. Uh, the announcer on public TV talks about the modern ice age that has suddenly taken over, and the sailor scouts at that exact moment locate the enemy base, which is again a giant crystal growing out of the sea. Um, the snow dancers go around freezing Tokyo while Kaguya watches, when suddenly it's the outer scouts. They do their little tagline and introduce themselves and go to square up and rumble Ooh. with the snow dancers. 
Um, but even though they manage to take some down, Kaguya just keeps making more and more from the ice tower. Just then, the other Sailor Scouts show up to participate, so now it's all save Sailor Moon and Chibusa against the Ice Queen Lady. But there's just too many of those dang snow dancers. No matter how many they attack, more show up. Uh, it's just oof. Luna goes to Kakarus and he's not there. He's out walking in the blizzard, looking for Himiko and, and literally anyone else. <laughs> just rowing the looking streets. For... I didn't get that he was looking for Himiko. He's she's gone, dude. She she's in space. She's flying. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> yeah. Aye, aye. Uh, also, Artemis is following Luna at this point. Um, oh. Kakaru is trying to warn Himiko uh, before he collapses in the snow. Meanwhile, the Sailor Scouts are struggling against how many enemies there are. Jupiter does just a full punch at one point in the front of the frame, which is not one of her <laughs> attacks. It's just her punching things, and I thought that was excellent. I wish there was more of it. Um, Princess Snow Kaguya is about to finish the fight when Sailor Moon appears. Ahaha! Kaguya takes a moment to admire her ice sculpture, and Sailor Moon does her little quips and does a speech about falling in love and having a broken heart. Uh, and while she's doing her little speech, Luna finds Kakaru, who calls to Himiko, which makes Luna very sad, as she's not the one who has his heart after all. Um, I'm sorry, there's... Luna. This this just was not <laughs> meant to be. Like it, it's devastating to have your first crush be someone just objectively you cannot be with. It's just not it's, happening, my dude. It's just um, not happening, my dude. <laughs> Sailor Moon encourages everyone to overcome suffering to find happiness and the princess snow princess no kaguya is like that's silly the universe belongs to me now uh this selfishness <laughs> is very antithetical to the sailor moon brand so sailor moon goes super sailor and luna's words echo in her mind about wanting to transform into a human as she goes to use her finishing move rainbow moon heartache um snow princess kaguya also uses her big blue attack and manages to cut through Sailor Moon's finishing move and hits Sailor Moon. Oh no! Oh no! Princess Snow Kaguya goes to do another finishing attack and take out the Sailor Scouts uh, as Sailor Moon stands up and her brooch transforms into a silver crystal. And once more, the Sailor Scouts are, as they do once a season and once a movie, they're like, oh no, if you use the silver crystal, you'll die! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Patently untrue, they've used it so many times. She's just that strong now. <laughs> You don't gotta you don't gotta reset the world, reset everyone's memories, no nothing. Just fucking nope. do it. Uh, they all vow to protect her, and Ami's like, remember when Artemis did that whole speech about the manuscript and the silver crystal energy or whatever? Well that's probably that silver crystal right there, and the power of love and friendship is the key to beating uh, Snow Princess Kaguya. It's like great, okay, glad we all are on the same page uh, at the last. Act, the actual power of friendship <laughs> is is what it done. warms like, hearts and melts the ice. That's honestly fair. Like I'm not. I on. I, I really was not really expecting anything more. But yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just so on the nose. <laughs> uh, the scouts all head to Sailor Moon, and it looks like the snow dancers are gonna get him. But Tuxedo Mask and Chibi Moon appear, and he fends them off while the scouts all head to he circle around thing. Sailor Moon. He, he does, does something. He, he, does, he actually like, hits snow dancers with his like extendable cane. He seems to be fully capable of holding off all of the snow dancers while every like the other like eight people who are there go and make mm -hmm. a circle. I'm like, so why were you all struggling so much when there's this one guy with a stick seems to be doing just fine? It's one of those mysteries, man. Yeah. <laughs> the scouts make a circle around Sailor Moon as she activates activates the silver crystal, and all together they use silver crystal power, all glowing white and whatnot. Princess Snow Kaguya goes to attack, but this time Silver Crystal Power breaks through and Sailor Moon rem remembers the beauty of life on Earth in a montage of animated little like rabbits and stuff in fields. Yeah, <laughs> very, very Lion King circle of life yeah. vibes. Um, Princess Snow Kaguya is destroyed, her little snow dancers all disappear, and the ice structure crumbles. The comet in the atmosphere breaks up. And while still powerful with Silver Crystal Power, Sailor Moon wishes for Luna to be a human girl for just one night and transforms her into the appearance of uh, human Luna, a.k.a. like pretending to be Princess Kaguya, kind of, but it does just sort of look like a yeah. human version of Luna. Um, oof. <laughs> the dress was nice. It was like a was yellow nice. dress. It's not a bad character design. I'm just burdened no. with the knowledge that that is a cat. That's a cat. Yeah. Also, was there like... They're like black flower things on like her chest, which was a very weird design choice. I don't, mm. I don't know. 
Yeah, I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm like, this makes sense for me, kind of, is like looking at Luna. I mean, like, in my mind, Luna is older, I feel like. Like, in my mind, I'm like, that's like a middle aged yeah. woman. But it is just yeah. like a, you know, teen, tween girl or something yeah. like that. Um, Luna transforms into the Princess Kaguya form, and she's like, yo, Kakaru, let me help you, buddy. And then they fly to space, and she shows him the view from space as the sun rises. Uh, and he's like, whoa, this is so beautiful, and notices the yellow bow and moon on her forehead, and is like, oh my god, you're Luna the cat. <laughs> In space, Himiko watches a yellow sparkle fly by, and was like, oh my god, Kakaru was right the whole time, Princess Kaguya <laughs> is real, and I'm like, how is that the conclusion that you're reaching right now? Weird space lights, my understanding is that that happens all the goddamn time. <laughs> There's a weird nebulous, like, question in the universe is like does the public know about sailor moon objectively the answer is yes because i'm pretty sure like usagi's brother is a fan of sailor moon yes or sailor sailor v or something like that mm -hmm. um but like no one really like we, we never see like a fan aspect of sailor moon where like we see people like running up to sailor moon or, or like even recognizing her while she's mm -hmm. battling in public or whatever um so really it's it's kind of an open-ended question as to like how well people know about Sailor Moon, which also then is like how well people know about the weird celestial bullshit that happens on a regular basis because of Sailor Moon. Anyone's so guess. I can kind of believe that Himiko is like, this is a thing that makes me believe now. A human woman flying in space. We don't even see them that close up. Like to her perspective, it's yeah. just like a yellow flash that flies by. Yeah. <laughs> we a lens flare for all she knows. It could be that, like, she's like, I understand. Uh, Kakaru's been calling it a uh, calling it a goddess, but, like, it's a comet. It's a celestial body, but it is so beautiful that he calls it a goddess. I understand now. Mm, and, I think it's a, a generous reading of the text. It's a generous. It's, it's a stretch. Um, Luna insists that Kakaru stay alive for Himiko, and he's like, no problem, can do. Uh, Luna then says that she loves him and leaves and wakes up. He wakes up in the snow feeling much better, really. He's, like, totally good. Does she um, not kiss him? I think they might smooch a little bit. But it's, like, highlighted by the moon or something. It's kind of like a... It, you, it, was, a bit it was a bit obscured. But, yeah, the like... The kiss earlier, where she was still a cat, was much more direct. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sailor Moon collapses. She's fine, though, just tired. And uh, Himiko returns to Japan. And at the She's airport... She's fine, just tired. Every, this happens all the time. This time, it's like... Because <laughs> that happened last movie, too, right? Yeah. Like, and that time, yeah. it was very dramatic. Like, she almost died. Like, it was very She dramatic. almost died. And this time, like, it's like, like, oh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like this movie does have the uh, situation of, like, the Princess Snow Kaguya and, like, Sailor part is very minor compared to the Luna's love story subplot. And as a result, yeah. they kind of just go by the by the numbers for like, and the Sailor Kinda. Scouts fight, they yeah. lose a little bit, Tuxedo Mask shows up, they use the Silver Crystal, very... they win, everyone's fine. Yeah. But the thing is though, because like every season, Sailor Moon gets access to like more and more power, for, for that formula to work, for, for Sailor Moon to then have to result to using the Silver Crystal, that means that all of the power that she had accumulated over the course of like all three seasons at this point is nothing compared to because I'm pretty sure she she has the Holy Grail at this point. Yeah, and she can like fucking like turn into like Crisis Mode Sailor Moon or whatever <laughs> it's called. And I, I I could be wrong, but did that not basically level Tokyo the last time she used it like on the Death Busters and stuff? More or less, or... yeah. It's... <laughs> And then the result in this movie is just like, oh, I'm going to deflect it with my own projectile and redirect mm -hmm. it back at you. Ha ha tee hee. All's well. Uh, Himiko yeah. returns to Japan and at the airport. She tells reporters that in space she saw Princess Kaguya and then she spots Kakaru at the airport and they hug. Oh, they're together at last. Luna yeah. and Usagi are watching from a like platform above and Luna's like, I'm happy for them. I'm just a cat after all. And then drops some sugar candy <laughs> before heading out. <laughs> I, I when when it became clear that like we're gonna see a human Luna in some form. One, I remembered you had mentioned like when we first started watching Sailor Moon, you knew something vaguely about Luna becoming a human. Yeah. I think I initially thought that it was gonna be in the anime, but as it turns out, it's just in this movie. And then my question was, well, if it's not in the anime, it's not like a major plot point. And we've already watched like through season four and we're on season five at this point, in which it is never referenced that <laughs> Luna was ever a human. To what degree does this happen? And apparently it's only for one night. 
mm-hmm. apparently Luna gets over it pretty quickly, which I guess is is a nice way to kind of like return things to a status quo. But like Luna was fully a human woman at a point, and yeah. she could have she could have uh, done as the people did, singing, dancing. <laughs> what do you call them? Feet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Artemis, the other cat, does also have a human form in one of the movies, I believe. So. Oh my god. <laughs> At least it's equal opportunity, you know? Everyone gets to be human for one day. Oh, if, if we get to Sailor Moon Super S the movie, does that mean we're going to see the fucking unicorn kid that oh, fell in God. love with Chibiusa? Yo. Maybe my least favorite plot line from any <laughs> it's the same vi- It's the same vibes as fucking Luna in, in this guy. It's yeah, like but this you. Is one, one movie. That's the whole damn season. That's the whole anime. Yeah, it's the whole season. Like, you are a, you are a horse. You are a boy horse. It's not like you're a horse boy. Like, it's not like you're a horse. You're a boy horse. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, before yeah. Luna can leave the airport, Artemis is there to meet her, and he welcomes her back, assuring her that he'll always be by her side, and they happily reunite. Mamoru and Usagi watch the cats hang out, another iconic Mamoru fit with the brown vest on brown yeah. shirt. Uh, and with this happy s- reunion, did- the movie ends. Yeah. Did we ever see, like, the Mamoru outfit, where it's, like, the, the green blazer with the, blue, with the pur- purple pants or whatever? I don't Not think so. in this movie, I don't think. Fair enough. I, I think, think by I think season it's... two, they've kind of moved on to letting him branch out. Kind of wear other things. Yeah. That's definitely fair. But yeah, but yeah. that's that's Sailor Moon. That's, that's the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I can confidently say I liked Promise of the Rose more. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I feel like this one is still, if you like Sailor Moon, it's still fun, but feels a little less approachable in some ways other than the absolutely iconic tuxedo mask reveal there weren't a lot of moments where i was like yes 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 this is what i wanted it was a lot of like mm-hmm. okay we're checking off the boxes of like what do you need to do in a sailor moon movie and then also a subplot that i'm deeply uncomfortable with <laughs> yeah I, I when i was watching when i was watching it as luna was transforming there was a, a a middle frame point between luna being a cat and luna being a human in which she looked like an anthropomorphic cat uh, which I screenshot and then I sent to Sophia with the caption <laughs> cast 2019. So there's that too. Um, yeah. 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 But I yeah, I, like... I got those same vibes as well. Mm-hmm. Just to like put a pin in it, like closing thoughts for this movie. Would you recommend people watch it? If so, in what scenario? Kind of like wrap it all up. I think that I think what your your assessment was very fair. Like if I knew nothing about Sailor Moon or like I enjoyed it like tangentially. Um, i.e. if I didn't have nearly five seasons worth of reference <laughs> to kind of fall back on, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have enjoyed this as much, and I would be more more focused and kind of disturbed at the at the, the main drama plot being a, a, a full cat is in love uh, with a human, and this is her experience of being in love for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we had watched Sailor Moon, it's fun to kind of like see where Usagi has definitely like matured and powered up. Even if it means that, like, <laughs> even if it means that that Kaguya is able to completely counter, like, the thing, the, like, the MacGuffin that ended season three, the the season prior and stuff like that. And also it's just fun seeing um, all of the, the Sailor Scouts, like, interact with each other and have, like, yeah. slice of life stuff. I don't quite remember, but it definitely seems like in the later seasons, they kind of do less and less of that because they got to, like, focus on the plot more and more. Mm-hmm. Um and so it was nice just kind of like seeing, especially like that intro title sequence where they're just like out shopping and they're having fun. And it's just very like small character moments like that. Yeah. So if you're a diehard Sailor Moon fan, honestly, you probably would have watched this already. Um, yeah, I think I tend to agree. I'm like, if you're not already a big Sailor Moon fan, I don't think there's a lot here that would really like entice you to this movie. I think you'd end up mostly confused and off, but there are better iterations of the show or the movies to do a one-off of. Um, it's think, not that it's not fun. There's still some stuff to like here, but yeah, it's, I definitely like. I think I'm. <laughs> I think I'm zero for five as far as movies I would recommend people watch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all conditional. Like, man, if you really like fucked up tires, then yeah, you should watch Rubber. Yeah, if you really like Bionicles, yeah, hell yeah, watch the Bionicle movie. I. <laughs> Dude, the Morbius episode. People have arguably seen that at bits. Yeah, but even that's like you gotta <laughs> don't don't watch it. You should like, I don't know. I, you can watch it, but don't digest it. I guess is, yeah. is the don't comprehend what you're seeing, which is kind of how there I feel about go. this movie. Also, 
that's fair that's fair um but noir thank you so much for joining us once again uh if people yeah, want to hear more from you where can they find you uh well i have a twitter at noir galaxies um i don't really 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 all i do is is promote um this podcast maybe you've heard of it it's called rolling with difficulty <laughs> uh it's a actual play D podcast set in the planescape um i play a uh, warforged wizard in that world that we are flavored as mechanites not warforged um sophia is there as well as well as um i believe people who have all been featured in movie struck at this point um mm-hmm. wally austin and red uh we all romp through the planescape and have a fun time uh whenever we're not uh deep in angst and drama yeah it's a great time you can check out links to all of that in the show notes below uh thank you again for guesting i'm off to go throw a rose and conveniently plot my best possible appearance on next episode uh ideally there will be some sort of set of mannequins or perhaps a costume laying around to aid in this uh thank you everyone for listening (laughs) thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you next episode Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Movie Struck. We'll be back on August 28th with another thrilling installment, but if you have any questions, comments, or concerns for the pod before then, feel free to email us at moviestruckpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform, and if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron. Links to all that and the Movie Struck Discord server, where you can hang out with other fans of the show and film enjoyers in general, is linked in the show notes below. I'd also like to take a moment to thank all of the patrons who joined us in July. It's because of you guys and everyone over on Patreon that we're able to keep this show running, keep Ziggy and the Good Cat's food, and uh, keep the lights on. So thank you to Kalia Gray, Thomas Parker, Ethan Hartzell, and Kitka.